Hello and welcome to the TT Podcast, the podcast where we talk to one person from the world of the TT to talk about their lives, their journeys and their ambitions with the greatest motorsporting event in the world. And we've got a special guest, but first we need to preface it by where we are because clearly we're not in the studio in Manchester and you might even be able to hear the bikes up on Glen Crutchery Road right now. It's currently the Manx GP and we're in a lovely little homestay. Homestay? Homestay, I think they call it. Palace. Shh. Don't spoil it, because I want to build it all up. In a lovely little homestay, literally just 200 yards from, from the paddock. But unfortunately, because we're here, it means we're missing one of the most integral parts of the TT podcast. Steve Plater. Unfortunately, he's away on holiday. He's got British superbike duties, which means I do have a brand new co-host... And rather than just get the co-host in and go on with the podcast, we thought we'd take 20 minutes, 30 minutes to have a chat with him. You might know him as the annoying one, the little one, the wee one, the gobshite. We all know him as the wonderful Lee Johnston. Hello, Lee. The awesomeness. The awesomeness, whatever. I'll take them all as a compliment. So for the next couple of podcasts, you are now going to be... My co-host, how do you feel about that? Bit Thanks. nervous, really, because it's obviously um, Steve is unbelievably good at his job. He carries me, whatever that job may be. <laughs> no, I'm looking, for, looking nice. forward to it. Um, I was, there's no surprise to anyone. I do like talking as well, so it sort of comes pretty natural. Not as natural as yourself, to be honest. But it's it's weird because you know. We sit down and we chat and we chat and we chat and you won't shut up, but then the camera starts and you're a bit more yeah, see, relaxed, man. Relax. Do you know what? It's hard to not say rude things at you when <laughs> this is... There are, some people are probably nervous, but my I, my nerves are for a different reason. <laughs> right, well, we've got plenty of guests coming up over the course of the next few weeks, but let's get an update on Lee Johnston because you technically were the first ever podcast guest. Yeah, but be honest. Back in the day. Be honest. So you you mean recorded me the first? The first recorded. But I wasn't a big enough name to go out first. It, it Who went out first? It wasn't that. The pro- no, be honest. Stop laying on camera. I think it camera. was McGuinness. Oh, you... Th- no, I'd, honestly... What's he ever done? It was... <laughs> wait, it was... We're just checking. The producer's just checking out. So you don't even know who the first show was? Listen, we recorded four... Bet Steve knows. We recorded four on the bounce. Michael Rutter, David Todd, John McGuinness, Peter Higman. And I can't remember which one went out first. It was, I'll tell you right now, it was John, John McGuinness. Would you like the order? Yeah. Peter Hickman. Oh, this is no, no reflection on you. It was number five. I remember it was number five. Peter Hickman, John McGuinness, Michael Water, David Todd, and then eventually Lee Johnson. Yeah. So Peter Hickman was the first. I quit. But you were the first ever recording. But don't forget, I wasn't in the studio because I, they you, won't let me in because I had You couldn't even COVID. be bothered to come to the show. You were sitting at home. No, I I drove all the way. And yeah, the, you were at everyone else's show. On listen, on the way to the studio, I phoned facts, up and mate. I just said, "Listen, facts are facts." I'm I'm suffering from a few symptoms. I don't think I've got it. Workitis. And then, <laughs> and then all of us. Anyway, whatever. We've been through the tap on the shoulder. We've been through your yeah your career. People can go back and listen to that. But not a lot happened to be not, fair. Not a great deal. But what's happened in the past couple of months? There's been a fair amount going on. Well, there was a fair amount going on for about a week. 
that I didn't even you didn't know anything about see it. anything about it. And then for the next bit, there was not a lot fit to be going on. So, But I tell you what, before we talk about that, go back to 2022 TT. Because yeah. that was that was not... It wasn't great, was it? Not that I want this to be a whole yeah, well, sob story. This is like the... But, but we've not been for however many years and you know you finally get back and then you have these issues yeah like with I your said, eyes i said to someone if, if that's not even probably on the first 40 odd pages in the excuse book like that your eyes aren't working yeah. there's a lot of things you can blame before that and i think the, the fr- most frustrating part for me is like do you know if you've got like we've had people on obviously and they, everyone's rid with injuries or had injuries or so like if you have a sort of collarbone or a shoulder or well shoulder's probably quite a big one but arm or yeah. leg whatever your eyes are pretty important i've figured out and what was what was the problem what was happening so basically i have a like a long-term uh blood condition like as and it was the stress or whatever that that i i got diagnosed after that is a that is a part of it like a flare-up part that, like a uh, symptom of it, symptom of it. Yeah, yeah, they're quite a common symptom, but this obviously stress and eating and all these other things are an effect. But at the time, I just thought it was uh, what do you call it when like you're an allergic? Allergy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went to the hospital and they got give me allergy tests. So I was taking them flat out, and but obviously I couldn't take the drowsy one, so it was like the, yeah. the strongest version of a non-drowsy one. So I was doing all that, and I thought, oh, maybe that's getting better. And yeah, I figured out then it wasn't so. How does that make you feel halfway through the TT? You're the fit time, enough, well, I think you can, mind's you can right, see it in the, the, you, the yeah. documentary. Do you know what I mean? And it was it was hard actually to watch after, if I'm totally honest, because I know I've I we well I say I run the team, I help run the team, I see all the work that goes in, I know all the work that goes in with the sponsors and the team and the mechanics and organising everything, and we were literally sat there and it's like I can't see. Mm. It's like you can't even you can't go to the physio you can't you can't you can't do anything and i was just like i felt useless you know what i mean it's like all that it sat there and like to be fair we're all very close my whole team's close my boss is close and they i said i wanted to just make sure sort of thing and Mm. they know they made me promise that i wouldn't go out and stay out for four laps or six laps whatever the superstar rate was and i knew within I knew within the sort of first four or five miles, you know what I mean? It was like I had to really like double take to see things and I'd tip in and, um, yeah, it was very frustrating. How long from the moment it, you realised to the, when you realised, right, I can't do this, to actually stopping though? Yeah, I just Did came in on that lap, yeah. Did I just you? come in, yeah. It was hard, yeah. It, it upsets me now to talk, you know, because... Like we get it once a year. Like we spoke mm. about, like Olympians must be horrendous. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Once a year, and you really only have your prime for a limited. Well, let's say have your prime. It's the best part of your career is only a small part yeah. as well. And then we've missed stuff with COVID, and it's like I've like missed three years of what should be my sort of best sort of time. Well, four now because we've missed this year as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, and I'm getting close to the old uh, grey gray hair stage so it's um, it's not getting any better but yeah this year was I mean you, you missed it for completely different reasons yeah yeah it wasn't the pl- plaster wasn't fixing <laughs> fixing this one <laughs> a few paracetamol and a, and yeah. a band-aid were um, going to fix this yeah so it, it obviously it happened at, well it didn't oh, not obviously it happened at the northwest we had quite a big crash um, did quite a lot of damage and don't don't sugar don't don't brush over it. 
I think I think the hard it, at the start it wasn't that hard because I was that broken. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're, when you're that broken and that vulnerable and not even mentally in a good state, you, you don't really think about missing it because you just you're that you you can't do anything. Yeah. You can't get out of bed. You can't go to the toilet. You can't what you know literally. Yeah. You can't do anything. You're surviving. Yeah, almost. you're literally chuffed to bits to be to be surviving. And so at the start, it wasn't that bad. But then, obviously, by the time I got out of hospital, or well, I got myself out of hospital, and Neil come and pick me up and took me on the ferry back to England, I um, the TT was in full flight, like it was the second week, and I drove where the boat went round the island, and I could see like that mm-hmm. everybody was here and. Sun was shining and Lee was sitting on his wheelchair looking off the off the deck of a boat. Like so, it was that that was when it, it was really hard, yeah. you know. And it's it's, well, it's not it's funny now, but Neil Neil wheeled me out my wheelchair and I was like sitting on the the side of the the boat like looking out and I was just like I started crying and um, this bless this old couple they'd been over on their holidays they were like sixty odd year old couple and they must have thought what the fuck is there a random dude sitting in a wheelchair looking at the Isle of Man crying for? And they come over to me, bless them, and they were like, are you all right? And I goes, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And they were like, you know, they just got talking and they just told me that they'd had the best holiday ever in Ireland and stuff. And it was like, it was, it was fine. I didn't even explain what I'd like. I didn't even know where to start to explain as to what was happening, but I just, yeah. after it, I laughed. I thought, what on earth would they thought this yeah, where would random you, guy sitting? There was no start? one, yeah, there was nobody there with me because he'd buggered off to get a coffee <laughs> or something. So I'm just sat there looking over, like something off Little Britain, looking over the side, crying. Probably thought I was about to bail over. But um, yeah, so that, that was the first part of it being hard and then sitting at home in my garden, mm. you know, like listening to it and watching. And So did you... You didn't try and avoid it all. You did watch it. And, I did. Because the I rest could, of the team came out, right? All the boys. Yeah, they, they were working for other teams yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and I um, I could watch bits and then I would get really frustrated and then I'd turn it off and mm. then I'd, the nosiness would want to watch more. And then so it literally that went on for a week of drive. I was so happy when it was over because it was driving me insane, to be honest. Like, mm. or it was not insane, but it was really hard to... And the weather was amazing, and you know it was like the best scenario was, for mate, it, the TT this year was yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. The I, only I, thing I that was do, missing I, now it, was you. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I I know that now, and I'm in a good mindset now to to be thankful yeah, rather than about it if, yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm genuinely thankful to be here now and yeah. not sitting huffing like a boiled brat that someone else is playing with my toys. Do you know what I mean? That was what. I, that's what it was like at the time. So, um, but yeah, at the start, it was just, I was in that bad of shape that it, it wasn't a problem. It was like, just happy to. And when you say you're in a bad shape, you, and I don't, I, I don't know if, if you were just saying it, but I don't think you joke about it. Technically you died twice Yeah, while you were there. At the, so at the track, yeah, I was, I was lucky that the, it was really good medics and stuff. And obviously without, without there being blood on the helicopter and different things. And these highly trained people, they operated on me at the golf course, literally on the track, and they, mm. they kept me alive. But didn't uh, you say there was someone... Yeah, there was somebody random watching, yeah, that, that was highly trained in medicine as well and stuff, and that that was a big, a big part of... Uh, there's a few things that sort of happened that luckily, at, at a very unlucky time, it, it, it sort of fell into... The, oh, yeah, 100%, Easy. yeah. And... Um, yeah, so got there and then that happened and then once we eventually got to the the 
hospital and stuff they they stabilized me there and then i was in put me straight into a coma and stuff and then the next day they operated so it was like i'm gonna say eight or ten hours they operated on me for i didn't i thought like the same surgeon would do the operations but they just keep coming through the door and saying oh yeah i worked on you and i there was like five of them so i don't know really? whether one was doing my foot one was doing my femur one was doing my arm my one was, yeah they yeah, all yeah. but i don't know if they're all doing it at the same time or what how it works i i didn't i didn't have the brain capacity at the time to ask them them questions but um yeah so we were in surgery for something between eight or ten hours and then i i don't really have any memory of the last memory i have is actually seeing connor cummins funny enough he was the last person i remember waving at like leaving the pits and i've no other memory of then until four or five days later sort of coming around um out of the coma and then eventually got my my i don't know what the right word for tube to keep you alive the tube that, yeah breathing breathing apparatus machine yeah, was, yeah. was in because my lung had collapsed because the ribs had uh, punctured my lung and that was sort of the first weird memory i had of like coming around and mm. But then you're still on that much drugs and the drugs from the operation, Evan. So I, in my head, I'd been in, I'd been in hospital a week, but I was in hospital for two weeks because the first sort of week was, yeah, like a, a, I don't remember, I was out. So um, yeah, so everyone around me suffered for a week while I was, <laughs> while I was on holiday somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So do you were you conscious? Like you know, you know, you say you can't remember it. But there are times when you, you you come to, especially when you're in the hospital bed. Did were you knocked unconscious? At yeah, the so at, at the actual accident, yeah, I was out. Right, I had a bang on the head, so that obviously knocked me out. And then I I presume or I sp- I spoke to the psychologist about this, and your your body's obviously very clever, and it realizes that you don't need to see any of this. Do you know what I mean? And it stays switched off, or really, you know, it's the same as when people are in a lot of pain and you you black out or whatever. That's your body's like that's your body going this is not good and this is not what you need to see sort of thing so i i have no memory from the thursday midday of the crash to probably tuesday or wednesday the following week all right so eventually you come around what at what point did the doctor break everything down and say here's what you broke mate and how big was that list (laughs) um it was funny it was quite hard at the start because i'm (laughs) i remember like some Christy Blaster was over there staying in a hotel at the time. And like, you're still not really in a capacity of having a proper conversation. And yeah. some some of my close friends came in to see me. And now I can remember them being there, but I have no idea what we spoke about mm-hmm. or anything like that. And the doctors come around like first thing in the morning and there'd be like five of them in and they're bombing smart things at you that you don't know the name of anyway. And then yeah. Christy come in at like dinner time and she'd go, well, what did the doctor say? And I'd be like... I've got no oh, idea, yeah. do you know what I mean? I don't. So then I made a point of like getting them to come back when my mum or Christy was there or my sister was there, like to, to try and explain because it's weird sense. Like you feel so vulnerable because you literally can't. I was in the bed. I couldn't get up to go to the toilet. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything, do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like on my right side, I broke my foot. My foot was wired. I broke my femur and my femur's rotted and screwed through the joint at the top i broke my arm my arm hit the socket broke the socket my arms plated my arms screwed the sockets wired my arm on the other side was uh, actually broke for two weeks before we realized because it was maybe not a bad thing at the time but that was like a clean break 
Uh, my ribs on this side, I don't know how many were broke, like two or three, but they punctured my lung, that collapsed my lung, and then that was one of the reasons that I was in a bad way at the scene. But then, obviously, that filled with blood and stuff as well. I was bleeding on the inside. Um, so we had to get a tube a tube in through my ribs into the lung, obviously, to either drain it or whatever, mm-hmm. or whatever they do. So it's <laughs> that that is the worst bit. Like somebody... Somebody, not. I don't think they were trying to be rude, but someone came up to me one day and was just like, "Oh, what was the worst bit?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't really know whether they were looking for something gory or anything." Yeah. But I said, I said, like when someone pulls a a tube out between broken ribs out of your lung, I'm telling you now, that is not not a nice feeling for anything to happen. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And your your lungs obviously then full of blood, so you spend you can't cough because your ribs are broke, but you're trying to cough up these big clots of oh, black claret yeah. out of you to to actually try and get you to breathe. And um <laughs> so when my little boy first came over, like they were cautious not let him to see me till I looked, you know, like remotely yeah. well or I could speak. So it was like another week. And the the doctor bless him, they give you this little it's like a little box with some like ping pong balls in you know to try and blow to like yeah yeah to train your lung to to breathe or whatever no you had to suck it to get these balls to float to the top or something like but there's like so i got this thing and i was like pulling on it and i was like geez this must be like really hard and i set it down and jesse picked it up and he goes oh what's this it's like a toy and i goes yeah yeah and he literally went and they just went boom to the and i was like i'm so broken <laughs> i was like i can't this this five year old has literally breathed on this thing and it's That's just went to the top and I mean I was like so you don't one lung and you oh can't. yeah I was trying so hard to make it happen so that at that point I was just like holy smokes this is not not a joke do you know what I mean I'm yeah. in a I'm in a bit of a bad way but the the treatment I got and the the doctors and stuff was was amazing do you know what I mean after and I was in I ended up in a so firstly, you're in like intensive care, which I, I don't really remember anything of. And then you go into what is classed as like a trauma ward. So it's like people that come in really badly injured or they're out of a really bad operation yeah. or they're, they're basically about to die. Do you know what I mean? And the staff and stuff in there were were unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? For for the way they treated you, even because like you're in such a bad way mentally. Look, they'll, they'll end up random men are sitting chatting to you at three in the morning because yeah. you can't sleep, you know, things like that. And I think people take for granted how lucky we are to have that as a free service in, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's mental, you know what? And that's their job. I could never get my head around the fact that like there's people dying and, and these women or whatever had looked after them for maybe a month or two and they, yeah. you get friendly with people. And that's just, that was just a normal. Yeah. There'll, there'll be five or six, maybe seven. Oh eight, yeah. Unbelievable. Have come and gone. Yeah. Since, since you. Yeah. And they've been there to look at. Yeah, that must be a burden to yeah. To that, carry. It's a chosen profession, I believe, to be fit to do to do yeah. them things. So here's a question: going back to what you said about those little moments in in the crash that actually helped to make sure that you survived. Do you do you believe do you believe in God? Do you believe in fate? <laughs> do you believe that? I I believe because you joked about it yesterday saying. Like clearly, God didn't want me. Up there I yet, so. Do not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he was my mum said that. I, mean. <laughs> um, I I believe in that, like karma or um, having good morals and being good, good will come of it. You mm-hmm. know, I think I think people 
like people say, oh, he's a bad person and he's got all the luck, or whatever. But I believe it will come round. You know what I mean? And I honestly believe everything happens for a reason. There's something like going quite far back. I had quite a big crash. Um, uh, well, not a big crash, but I had a crash at the Ulster Grand Prix in '17, and I broke my collarbone. And it was like I was absolutely devastated, and I ended up then having to stay at home. But so I spent two weeks at home. I got my collarbone plated and stuff but it would just happen to be like two weeks before my dad died so i spent like two solid weeks mm -hmm. there doing that and uh, that would never have happened do you know what i mean Had you so not I, have yeah so it doesn't it, always yeah. i think it, I, i'm not religious by any mean or anything but i think there's always a, a period in a period of time when you'll go that's why that happened or that, yeah you know it, it's not very apparent now i'm still suffering do you know what i mean yeah. now i'm still like why why did this have to happen to me or do you know what i mean at the start of this year it was like the best start to my year ever with leading the british championship and i felt like physically and mentally in a really good place and then someone else said yeah. oh well because you were so physically and mentally well that's why you've survived the crash mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so it's like well i don't know but i do i wouldn't say i'm not superstitious in any sense i run number 13 do you know what i mean i don't have this like a penny down my leathers or I, I don't put a left sock on before a right sock or anything i i think people joke and say if i fell in shit i'd come out smelling roses you know i'm a lucky person but i i believe that comes from having a positive attitude or you know almost warned like if i go to the gate and you seen earlier i didn't have a pass but if you're polite with someone <laughs> yeah. you know like yeah. if you think that maybe you should be there it's i'll let you go it warrants it warrants being there so yeah, I think so. Do you think you'll get, again, we were talking earlier about your tattoos and obviously they all have meaning. Will you get a tattoo at some point to almost commemorate this, to to, <laughs> to show how, not to remind yourself yeah. of the, the accident, but to say, you know, I, that was the moment in time where I Yeah, yeah. I've actually I joked, I joked about this about a week ago with Christy. I was standing in the uh, bedroom. This sounds bad, but looking at myself in the mirror with no, like to try and see the shape of my shoulder and my yeah. hip, like, because it's not aligned right and stuff. And I, I joked, so I've got a hole under here where the tubes were. And I was just going to get a little a little thing saying, thanks very much, because <laughs> it's like, you saved my life. And she was like, what on earth would you want to do? Like, this have a big scar underneath there. And I just thought, well, that that little scar means a lot to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I know how bloody sore it was to come out. And that it, it saved my life at the time. So, yeah, we literally joked about that a but week I suppose ago. with these scars, you don't get a choice whether you have them, but you get a choice whether you, you kind of oh, yeah. ink that area to yeah. say that's um Plus, you can't, I can't, I could sit here now and just be bitter and, like, somebody's riding my bike here and it's, mm -hmm. it's beautiful and everything, but I'd rather not see it as a positive, but be lucky that I'm here, I'm still involved, I'm getting to do this. You know, it's... um it's hard some days, yeah, it is, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, even, well, it was really hard at the start, but I think the better I get physically, then that spurs me on mentally, and, and hopefully it keeps going that way. The vlog that you put out about the accident, you showed the accident, and it was, I think it was the first time you'd seen it or sat through yeah. and watched it, so we got your reaction, like, how hard was it to film it? Did you think about not putting it out at all? And yeah. what do you think about the reception that you received from doing it? I think, honestly, not so much the crash, but being honest about, like, how lost I was. Um, at the time, I probably wasn't... Uh, I probably wasn't of enough mental state to understand 
to be worried about doing you know does that make sense so like now i would probably be more cautious thinking oh i don't know what they're going to think of me but i was that at the time of recording it even i was still that sort of vulnerable that i just whatever christy said oh you know this is the right thing to do i just went all right then (laughs) that's it and then by the time it came out and that i was in a better state and honestly like most of my vlogs go on and i look at the comments and try and reply to people and I, I didn't watch that vlog for about a week and then then looked at the replies and then I was like in a good enough space to really appreciate what it was actually doing mm. for people. So I think it worked at the perfect time it came out and how long it took me to watch the vlog and stuff. My, I'd seen a I'd seen a, a psychologist and stuff at that time and that had made me figure out some things. So it all sort of happened. And, and then that, that sort of, really helped me as, as such me talking about it helping other people actually helped me more mm. in, a, in a sort of full circle yeah. thing straight away so um yeah it was hard it was definitely hard at the time and it's still hard now even um to talk about it but some of the some of the things i got back of genuine what i would class as hard men do you know what i mean yeah. like strong men that don't talk about them type of things and like just sent me a private message and said you know what i'm I'm going to go and see someone or, and if that helps them with that, you know what I mean? Now I feel really proud of, mm. of that. I had the balls to do it in the first place. But you see, know what I mean? Or like you say, everything potentially happens for a reason. You can never see it at the time, but potentially yeah. all you going through that might have never been about you. Yeah. And I know that sounds mental, but it, that might've been about that guy that sent you that message going like, yeah. because of that, that's helped me out. Yeah. And I think being, open like christy's helped me a lot with this because i i would like um because you have to be hard to do this job you know mm. you, bad things happen to people you like and you have to put these things in a box and the easiest way the, the therapist said he was like lee you've you've literally all because i had a lot of things even not, not i've had a wonderful childhood but just randomly like friends as kids died and accidents and a lot of things yeah and he says, you've literally put all these things in these bo- this one box. And he says, this thing has happened. The box is opened. And he says, it's like when you try and pack your bag the first time, everything fits in there. That's he says, neat. but once the lid's open, you're not getting the things back in. So yeah. he says, you've only one option is to take it all out, start again. Fold and, it all back up. And it, yeah, yeah, and it was literally like, he didn't say anything really intelligent. It was like simple things. But all of a sudden, I was like, why did I not just think of that? Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he, like, I it broke it down in that sense where, oh, I actually understand now what has happened to me and worse before. I, I genuinely thought I'd, I was going mad. Like I was, like I was, I'd be sitting, I'd be sitting watching something like funny or happy and I'd start crying. I'd be sitting watching something average and I'd start crying and then something sad and the people would be going, oh, it's, how do you know what makes you upset? I was like, I've got no ideas. <laughs> funny things are happening. And I was like, it was just like, I genuinely thought, I said to Christy, I says, I've gone to sleep and somebody else has woke up in my head. That was like the, because I'd, because all my life was, so basically from I was 17 or started like racing properly, I was like so driven and had one mindset to do mm-hmm. one thing and that was it and passionate about that. And I woke up at 34 year old, couldn't go to the toilet, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't feed myself, couldn't drink. I, I You were back to being four year old plus I'd, been out for the count for nearly a week. Yeah. So whatever drugs were in you and everything. But 
this all makes sense now but at the time i was like what is wrong with what me? is wrong with me yeah. i was gone and then once the, the therapist said he says well you're everything you enjoy whether it's cycling swimming run he says all the things that give you make you you ride your motorbike you can't do any of them he says so no wonder you're going to feel like yeah somebody else but before that happened or that meeting i was like adamant that this was it I'd, I'd lost the plot and then obviously since i spoke about it loads of people that have had big operations think oh I, that same thing happened to me mm. but until you figure all them bits out you literally sit in this room in the hospital thinking that you, you know you, yeah you've, you're literally going mad getting better now though I think I was mad before that. Oh though. yeah, everyone. That's well, that's see that that's the, the issue with it. Pe uh, most people only see you with a smile on your face, laughing and joking. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of like a. That that was it, the other reason I wanted to. I was really cautious of the fact nowadays. There's this whole life's amazing. You know, look at Instagram, look at yeah. Twitter. Oh, no one takes a picture of when the shit hits the fans. <laughs> you know what I mean? They go. They don't go off. Oh, took off work today. I feel like shit. I'm sitting at home. I don't. I can't get off the sofa. Yeah. Here's my life. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm on holidays. I'm on out in this nightclub. I'm dressed up. I've got this on. Yeah. And it's a little bit like that in bike racing. You know, like everybody looks at us and we're really lucky to do this. But like he's got a great life. Oh, he's got hurt. He disappears for six months. He comes back. Oh, he's got a great life again. Yeah. But no one has any fucking clue of the sufferer. Happened. What even what we caused everyone close to us, like mm. what my missus has gone through and. My family, my mum. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If, like, there's a reason why I don't want Jesse. You know, like, I couldn't cope with what I've put them through. Not a chance. So selfish. <laughs> I know, we're so... Especially to go through that accident and still go, I've, I've still got unfinished business in yeah, this. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that is the... And, like, bless Christy, the first thing she said to me, even when it was, like, not mentally sound, she goes, you know, if, if you need to go back, that's... To be fit to do that. That's a special woman, isn't it? Unbelievable. To be able to say that. Well, to put up with me in the first place, she's a special <laughs> woman. But yeah, to, I think that, that, but that's the understanding of like, people outside, you know, looking in. Mm -hmm. And I know they slate that this is a dangerous sport and everything, but nobody's got the that understanding until you're on the inside and see all the suffering yeah. and, and stuff like that. So I'm not saying I'm going to come back or I'm not going to come back. I'm just going to try and get fit to come back and then but the door's not closed yeah to yeah. be able i just need to be to be fit to know i can do it and then and then we can make a call on what what actually happens but until then shall we record some podcasts oh, it's definitely safer than falling off motorbikes <laughs> i don't know mate some of the comments <laughs> on youtube can be very very harsh <laughs> honest honesty is the best policy right pleasure mate pleasure was all yours always All right, so that's the first episode of this new run with my new co-host, Lee Johnson. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you leave us a rating wherever you're listening to these podcasts. So get your phone out right now, go to Spotify, go to iTunes, wherever you're listening to it, give it a rating and a review. We'll be back next week where we have our first guest over here on the island. It's local man, Onken man, Nathan Harrison. I went to open my present. I was like, oh, I've got some like, it's actually a picture. I'll have to get the picture on Facebook. I had some overalls. They weren't no motocross gear or anything. So a bicycle helmet and a pair of trainers. <laughs> so I don't think they really cared that much about my safety. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, oh, that's all right. So I put that on thinking I was a boy. 
And then uh, walked around the corner and there was a KTM 50 sat there. So I spent the rest of my birthday riding around the garden with my dad chasing after me. Amazing. Um, fully auto? Yeah, fully auto, yeah. So I did that for a few years. Um, I think every, I think the whole neighbourhood actually come around. They all come around and had a go. It <laughs> did get ghosted into the hedge at one point. Some fella thought he could do it on his own. I think it was my next door neighbour. Now, if you can't wait for that episode to come out, you can watch it right now if you head over to TT+. Plus ttplus.iomttracers.com and you can sign up completely for free. Either way, we'll speak to you next time. Tatty bye-bye.